0: Wondering what to write about. Trying to figure out what it's all about. Existentialist. Am I worth anything or just a scowl? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Spending time all alone, sending my songs to the phone, dreaming of a better home, we more focused on trying to hone this craft, witchcraft. I hope the Brujas let this last. I don't
1: know if you this that was a great sounds of Watson Without Side on WNHH LP 103.5 FM New Haven. My self prestige with. My partner in crime, Long Island Raised, Elm City Made, EZ Blues, is in the building. Easy Blues, you are better with introductions more than me. Who do we have this today on Behind the Brand?
2: Ladies and gentlemen, there is an ancient proverb that states, everybody wants the jambalaya, but no one wants to see how the sausage is made. And that is so super supercalifragile important because you really have to think about it. What makes this city run? What makes anything run? Money, okay? As the saints of the Wu-Tang once said, cash fools everything around me. Cream, get the money, dollar dollar bills, y'all. And today, we are going to talk to the head of one of the most frequent revenue streams for our city, our fair Elm city. We are talking with the head of the parking authority, the man who says that that spot needs a meter and when that meter should happen and why. I want you to put your hands together, not if you're driving. If you're driving, put your hands at 10 and two. And if you're pulling over to park, make sure you put the money in the meter But he's coming for you. So put your hands together to the head of New Haven parking authority, the incredible, the amazing Doug Houseladen.
3: Thank you so much, Easy Blues. I appreciate uh, the warm introduction, and to you as well, Prestige. Thanks for the introductions and for having me.
1: Oh, definitely, man. Um, Heard amazing things. About you, you do a lot of stuff for the city. But um, first question, and I know Easy Blues has like 10 million ideas inside of his head. Um, Did you find New Haven, or you were always here all Ah. Wow. Uh, well, we'll tell, let us know your backstory. Go right ahead.
3: Sure, and, and you know what a great story. One of those things where um, I did not have a choice in where I was born, of course, but uh, I had the privilege of being uh, born just out of just outside of Cincinnati, Ohio, in uh, northern <clears> Kentucky, <throat> a little town called Edgewood, and um, followed uh, followed here to Connecticut in two thousand in the fall of two thousand. Just coming up on 23 years here in the Elm City, uh, came for college, uh, stayed because I love New Haven, and uh, briefly lived in Florida uh, to, to start, uh, right out of college to start a company that I, that I had founded. And um, I came back as soon as I possibly could. As soon as I was offered a job in the Elm City, I came back as soon as I could. So uh, not a New Haven-born man, but I've uh, been here now 23 years, over half my life, and uh, longer than anywhere else I've lived.
1: Hmm. That's amazing. Um now what company did you start in Florida? I never heard about that.
3: <laughs> um so a long time ago I used to help uh, a friend of mine and when I was in college mm-hmm. uh run his business in what's now in West Haven called Universal Hotel Liquidators. I actually franchised this business effectively and started my own chapter of that business down in Florida. Mm. I had uh, liquidated hotels that um, were being uh, renovated or uh, sold off and changing out all of their FF&E, we called it furniture fixture equipment. Mm. So back in 2004, um, you know, f- did my first job in Puerto Rico with in old San Juan for a while. And then my um, uh, first real uh, location on site was in Daytona Beach. And then opened a headquarters in uh, Clearwater, Florida, and lived and uh, bought a house. Eventually, in Saint Petersburg, Florida, so it was. Um, you know, if I'm trying to, in hindsight, 20 years later, talk about it, I'll t- I'll call it like a a waste stream diversion company, like a recycling company, a way to get tons and tons of furniture out of the waste stream. It was also a great way to be a middleman and find a niche in a product that uh, was good quality used furniture if you don't have a lot of money.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So I, I can actually tell you that I've sold over ten thousand used mattresses in my life. That's a real fact. <laughs> so you know, in addition to parking, I'm also a former used mattress salesman. So
2: <laughs>
1: We all got to start somewhere, man. I mean, I mean we're not going to knock you for that. Easy, I see your finger up. Please tell me what you have oh, to wait.
2: say. Well, see now, I have so many more questions now that I have to. <laughs> <laughs> it'll just it'll just keep uh, unraveling uh, the uh, questions. Yeah, this is this is great. But now I have to push for the question. You grew up in Edgewood. Is that why the parking is so low around Edgewood Park? Is because <laughs> it's a paying tribute to where you grew up, sir? Yes,
3: yeah, so and my, you know, my hometown was uh, cow pastures up in, and and um, outhouses up until the 1980s or 1970s. So um, it's a little bit different than the 400-year history here in New Haven and in Edgewood. You know, something about the history here is what really draws people. Myself. Uh, To the city, the Elm City, you know, both the new age, the old age, we've got so much history here from, you know, for the last 15,000 years, people have been inhabiting this area uh, and going all the way back to the glaciers. You know, I just love learning about why the marshlands of North Haven are they are nestled in between East and West Rock and, you know, and hearing about the glacial tilt that left it all there and all that stuff. So anyway, I'm a big, um, big fan of New Haven, you know, the greatest small city in America can't stop repping it. Um, one of those uh, unfortunate side effects of not being born here is we are, um, we're you know, those that have chosen New Haven as a hometown, we're constantly um, uh, repping it and trying to, uh, uh, just like every everyone who was born in New Haven, you know, we are all uh, looked down upon by the rest of the state of Connecticut. <laughs> and I, you know, I couldn't care less, frankly,
2: you know. no, no I, other I... place in
3: America to live.
2: I, I smile back. I smile back at them. I've actually I've gotten into like full blown arguments. I am. I am a transplant out here, but I don't feel like I've chosen the Elm City as much as many, many moons ago. It was written in the stars that easy blues must show up upon the Elm and ride.
3: I've read ride those tablets. Uh, yeah, you know, I've read good. those tablets. They were they were very
2: wise back in the day. They were. They were. They definitely were. But see, now this is like super interesting because your story is so evolved and, and mm. we'll put a serious face on it for, for, for a hot second. Right. Um, you know, you grew up in the smaller town aspects of it. You now, you're, you know, you go to school through the aspect and, and you're learning now that for those that are playing the home game, it's not like there was like Yale does not have a like parking enforcement program. Um, you know, and obviously you are, have an entrepreneur mind uh, to it. So, how do you go from discovering what you discovered, being who you are, getting that degree, doing everything the right way mm. in a certain path, mm. to wind up being the you know the parking authority guy?
3: Well, thank you. No, that's a that's a great question, and. Uh, it's hard to boil it down. I think one one thing has been certain is that I've been um, opening, there's been doors that have been presented to me and I've been walking through them and opening them uh, and appreciate everyone who has helped me along the way come about and learn throughout uh, my last 20 years professionally. And, um, you know, it, it kind of all started as being an advocate for uh, complete streets, safe streets, access to pedestrians, you know, sidewalks. Um, there's, um, you know when I was five years old in Edgewood, Kentucky, there were no sidewalks on uh, Dudley Turnpike and Dudley road, Dudley Turnpike um, uh, was the major street is the only street in town. It was the street that divided the whole thing. It was the, the street that ran the length of the town. Uh, my mom and I went door to door, not my idea, obviously, but my mother's idea. And so we went door to door petition and got sidewalks put on Dudley Turnpike because it was used to be a union allegedly it was a union supply road back in the day. And so it still had some federal designation where it could receive federal funding for these sidewalks. So we went door to door when I was four and five years old. And I have no idea if that actually like sank in, but, um, as I'm an older man, I was in Florida. Uh, I had been, I had been, um, offered this job to come back to new Haven and I knew immediately that I wanted to take it. I had visited while living in Florida for 22 months I visited New Haven 19 times and wow, Wow. (laughs) it, you know, and it like a lightning bolt, the job offer came and that I didn't, I didn't necessarily pursue. And I'm really grateful for the opportunity that I had um, to bring me back in 2006, but um, like a lightning bolt, I said, yes, I'd like to be, I, I, I miss New Haven. I don't miss Yale. I miss New Haven. And um, Mm -hmm. so I immediately, you know, sold the house, sheltered the business and uh, came back, um, to do what I then did for a while. But in in the process of what I did next, which was real estate management um, for a small business on-campus partners, they manage Yale's Investment Real Estate. Um, They're a small business that works for obviously the big business in town. And um, this is the off-campus stuff. And so through that process of working in the commercial real estate division and uh, renting out properties and answering a lot of questions, I became more and more involved in our our local downtown community through the downtown Worcester Square community management team. And um, there were a couple of events that sort of like like a lightning rod sort of uh again triggered me to like sort of act in a certain way and um one of those was mila rainoff's death in 2008 she was pedestrian crossing the street york Mm -hmm. street and south frontage we'll talk about red light cameras eventually maybe today and uh 15 years later we've finally been approved for red light cameras and uh there was another death that was tragic that kind of electrified me as well gabrielle lee an 11 year old um young girl who was over in Um, uh, the Westville section of, um, upper Westville section of Whaley Avenue and was killed by a red light runner when she was crossing the street, going back and forth between her house and the um, uh, laundromat. And um, those two events really triggered, kind of uh, coalesced into a moment of also just political awakening and sort of growth as a human um, being about 25 years old at that point. And the Obama election really made a lot of people believe in town and around the country. And, you know, I was impacted by Cisse Puede and I thought for sure I could do a little bit of something to maybe help pedestrians get around safer. I walked to work at the time I was blessed to, to live very close to work and choose to live in and around downtown for the last 23 years, basically, except for some stint in city point. Um, so, you know, there was a gentleman named Ed Anderson. I remember running into Ed um uh, i forget ed's dog's name and forgive me ed i I, i'm gonna be um easy blues do you know who ed anderson is and uh anderson scooper (laughs) no no okay 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 so anyway i remember running into him on crown street and i was like just Mm -hmm. like uh, mila rainoff had just been um uh, killed by a car and i was like this is so Intense, like I it's two blocks to work. She's just walking home and I live two blocks where it could have been me. And he's like, Well, get involved. Here's how you get involved. Go to the management mm-hmm. teams and get involved. And um, and and then I remember going to the management team and sort of getting involved and going to a few meetings, and they they I'd ask them questions about traffic safety, and they were like, Well, why don't you run the public safety? Subcommittee of the management team. Um, you seem like a good chairperson for the public safety committee. I'm like, oh, cool. How many? How many people are on the public safety committee? They're like, you. Oh, if, if you say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, like, with an opportunity and a, and a, and a title, I like. I was like, sure. All right, I'm the chair of the public safety committee. And I walked next door, and there was an Elm City Cycling meeting happening.
2: Mm-hmm. I, this is
3: how I remember it at least. And there's this gentleman named Mark Abraham who now runs Connecticut data Haven. Um, he was leading the meeting. And this was a time where they passed the hat. Everybody would take turns leading the meeting. And, and I walked in very late. Um, and he goes, Oh, who are you? I walk in, I try and slink in, you know, this feeling when you walk into a public meeting, you're like a little late, you're like, give me yeah. that chair next to the door. Uh, mm-hmm. Totally Nobody relatable to for ex- both
1: of us, all three Don't, of us. It's, yeah. It's extremely relatable. We, we know exactly what you're feeling, but continue. Yeah, yeah, it's like don't mind
3: here. me. I'm here. I'm <laughs> a public. You know, shh, fly on the wall. So I try and slink in. And Mark goes, "Who are you? And where are you from? And why are you here?" He's mm-hmm.
2: like,
3: and little did I know he had asked everybody in the room that. I didn't. Right. I, didn't know. I didn't know that I was 50 minutes late to the meeting. Right. So I said, uh, "My name is Doug. I'm the incoming chair of the Public Safety Subcommittee of the Downtown Worcester Square Community Management Team. That's a mouthful." And I'm a pedestrian and I don't really understand the cycling world. And I'd like to get on the same page as the cyclist because traffic Mm -hmm. safety involves all of us. And if I'm a pedestrian, you know, cyclists and pedestrians got to work together. And he goes, exactly. We got to do a petition and get a coalition together. We got to go every management team and we got to go to all of these nonprofit orgs. We got to get all of these people to say yes to this thing. And I'm like, what are you talking about, sir? Uh, but then that summer we spent the whole summer getting petitions done and passing complete streets ordinance when Alder, then Alder Roland Lamar, and then Alder, Sturge, Aaron Sturgis, Pascal were on the board of Alders, uh, amongst others who, uh, helped shepherd that it. Anyway, so that's where I come from. I just come from this advocacy world that like, I keep opening, uh, opening, opening the doors that are presented to me and, and, you know, got to give a lot of credit to mayor Tony Harp, who, uh. Appointing me back in 2014 to step into the city as director role. And I really appreciate that opportunity. And here I am now.
1: How are you so tolerable? How do you manage all that stress? Because when it comes to parking and meters and just controlling different vehicles, we got bicycles, motorcycles, cars, trucks, especially in New Haven where everything can be so congested. How are you mentally stable as a person?
2: Also, I want to just tack to that. Go as well. ahead. Um, how are you still, like, able to go out in public and, exactly. like, do these yes. shows like this where your face is known? Because, like, now there's a ton of people who will be running up to you mean being like, hey, why did I exactly. have a man? Exactly. This it, is it, where it, our it, wonder it, twins yeah. minds unite. Yeah. Is, yes. So, yes. Yeah.
1: So, we're, we're thinking the same so, thing. Exactly. Yeah, it, right.
3: Well, I, I I can tell you with a surety that it uh, it's no easy feat to keep a, a level mm-hmm. head, and I I can also assure you that I haven't necessarily d- I could have done better throughout my time at the City of New Haven, and <laughs> to this day I'm always working on being a better man and being a better partner and being a better co-worker and leader, and and um you know it's 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 easy to get down on yourself, but you know it's it's a lot harder to pick yourself back up and and go back out there and lead once more, and I, I would say that. Um, a lot of, you know, having outside extracurricular and a support system at home is really, really the key to everything, you know, uh, whether it's your family or your friends, you know, making sure that people that really know who you are so that you don't get lost in your work is really important, I think. Um, but it's not easy, right? Mm-hmm. I can also tell you, uh, thankful, not, not thankfully, but, you know, for the last two years, uh, mm-hmm. 24 months, I have, um, have not issued a single parking ticket because at the parking authority we do not uh, give the parking tickets for on street that's all the director of transportation traffic and parking so I did take that hat off back in 2021 so that I could focus our parking authority efforts on the union station redevelopment and other things at our parking authority so it has been a lot easier to go out and about since mm-hmm. uh, I'm no longer the guy behind the, you know, behind the parking yeah. tickets or the guy behind the yes. broken meters, but um, I can tell mm-hmm. you that uh, those eight years working at, at uh, the city of New Haven were tremendous, and the amount of uh, learning that I did on the job and and throughout, you know, I've I've got to thank the residents of New Haven for their patience with me, you know, my colleagues and coworkers for the same. It's been a, a long journey from. Traffic, you know, from the guy who was yeah. trying to just do the public safety co- chairperson all the way here to the executive director of our partner authority now, you know.
1: And we thank you for being on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven, myself, Prestige and my partner in crime, Long Island Rays, Elm City May E Z Blues is in the building. And Doug, I can agree, I agree with you. The show is getting easier because I got easy blues with me. Continue easy.
2: <laughs> well, no, it's it's super interesting. And and I, I really love the fact that, you know, you're you're doing the name drops and stuff, and I love how you checked in with me to see, like, if I know the person. Um, Because I actually (laughs) go really far and beyond um, to not know those people and be put in those situations, because I would be put on councils and stuff, and then I can't be 100% myself. Everybody Mm -hmm. wants an Easy Blues to show up at one of these meetings until Easy Blues shows up at one of these meetings. I'm probably going to be 50 minutes late. That's why Prestige and I work out so well because he can sneak in the side and no one knows he's late because I'm kicking the door in and singing show tunes while I'm walking in. Um, it's just the way things go. So <laughs> I, I think I absolutely uh, love, lo- but I love that you came also from a place of adv- advocacy and you continue to have that advocate's heart. You know, mm. again, I, I like to make jokes. I like to, to to have a little bit of fun, but it really is, you know, to to pay tribute to the awesomeness that goes through, um, you know, it takes a lot to run this city. Um, a lot of people will think it's, you know, point A or point B or some certain person that can do this when it's not. It, it's a whole lot of helping hands. You know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it takes several villages to run a city. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, all, all the, the, the working parts have to work together. Um, how are you with that networking aspect of it? You know, obviously, you networked your way into this position, but you're still using those skills. That's what I want the listener to take home mm. is you know how important it is to continue to network to continue to grow, and how really at the at the course end of business period it's those relationships that we build that that can bring us forward and I think you have a great story for that. so the yeah. floor is yours
3: oh yeah, no, most definitely that's a great question and I think my um my best advice to people is you got to network to get work. I don't know if you know that expression, I can't remember what movie it's from, but um, you got to network to get work and it's, um, knowing about the opportunity is 90% of the of the challenge. Selling yourself is hard, but it's only 10%. It's like, once you know that it's there, you know either your heart is in it and you're gonna, it's gonna take five seconds to fill out that application, write that cover letter, cause it just the words flow from your fingertips. Um, but you got to network to get work and know about the opportunities that are out there. The other thing you got to do is constantly be be. and I don't, I don't want to sound like you got to keep improving yourself because you are good enough, however you are. But, um, you know, on the job training is a rarity mm-hmm. and something that we should all take advantage of. Ask your employer, if they have it, what I've been able to a com- I recently was certified as a, a, a you know, certified uh, administrator of public parking It's a CAP designation. In the parking world, it matters to people, and to me, it matters a lot as well. Just to have um, a little bit of history, you know, I've given out a million parking tickets, and that's got to mean something as a job mm-hmm. skill. And uh, finally, I've been recognized as a CAP, and that was all thanks to the New Haven Parking Authority and the New Haven City of New Haven um, sending me to trainings and taking classes online and things like that. You know, I think for me. Um, when I applied for the job at uh, transportation, at the city of New Haven, you know, the uh, minute, the day that I had read that my predecessor, Jim Travers, had resigned, had opted to take a new role at the at the United Way then, um, uh, everything like a switch happened for me. I, I was able to write my cover letter. I had three rounds of interviews. I remember the last one being a two-hour one um, with uh, former uh, chief of staff, Tomas Rez And um, you know, I, I really appreciated uh, you know Mayor Harp giving me the opportunity. To, you know, we went on a, on a. I remember vividly going on a, um, a tour of downtown together to talk about each other's visions. And she's she's an urban planning background. I have a molecular biochemistry and bio uh, physics background. Not really, right. <laughs> Not really right. one that applies. But um, you know, mm-hmm. I've been self taught in this way of of, of uh, urban urban stuff urban living urbanity and things like that so you, you know say. networking to get work that's important but you also got to take mm-hmm. take advantage of training um and put your hat put your name in there it's really important to get out there and you know um uh there's a there's a really bad movie that was uh, uh uh Ryan Reynolds movie from back in the day and he had this really terrible quote about um you know it's not like a sport it's like sport fishing where you have to actually to catch a marlin you don't actually you can't just walk out there and catch a marlin. You have to like train on bass over mm-hmm. and over and right. over. And so, like, sometimes a lot of job interviews and job applications are bass fishing, and you're just like, mm-hmm. you're working up for the opportunity to have that marlin. And when that marlin I comes along, you better to be. Say ready to...
1: Wilder. I want to say Van Wilder is from that movie, but I don't want to.
2: No, what movie was that?
1: <laughs> I want to say Van Bad Wilder. Bad Wilder, Ryan I, think Wilder movie? Movie?
2: I think it might be Van yeah, like, Wilder. Like, like, yeah, yeah,
1: I think it is because you always have these. Crowbars. Buying the
2: cow. It was buying was that, the, cow. Buy the cow. Gotcha. Buying the cow. I will see that that, that, that,
1: that. that was young Ryan Reynolds. That was a like way. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, because I can go. I can nerd about this. I can't this believe that buying the cow Ryan Reynolds is <laughs> hey. just referenced. Um, uh, that, that was my fault. But
3: you got to be ready for the marlin right. when it comes <laughs> around. So you got to do a lot of bass fishing to practice.
2: Well, no, see, I, I think this is super, super interesting because, you know, we'll talk about the elephant in the room just for a hot second because mm-hmm gentlemen like yourself and myself it might be a little bit easier to do that person-to-person networking aspect um just because there are more doors that are available for us um but it's also a matter of i love how you say you have to put yourself out there you have to continue to put yourself out there you have to continue to grow for for the millennials out there that are trying to figure out how to do this you got to treat it like pokemon go you don't just get the pokemon then you got to train the pokemon so the pokemon can evolve you are the pokemon evolve um you know, but I
3: feel like Pokemon is just this one slice of how to network. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to also play Smash Brothers and you also have to play all of these things. So you got to be on the LinkedIn's. You got to be on the Chamber of Commerce. You got to be on the networking, the, you know, the like the just the random networking at late nights, you know, the, the business after after darks and things like that. And um, if you put too many eggs in one basket, it's always not that you were saying so with Pokemon Go, but like, uh, using oh, no, my no, metaphor, no.
2: You know, no, no, definitely. If, if no, you're only I, on
3: LinkedIn or only here right. or only on Indeed, you're only going to see so much. And you got to, you know, tell your family members you're looking for a job. Tell your friends you're looking for a job. The strongest reference are people that trust you and love you, um, and they probably uh, know what's was probably available in their networks at least.
1: Twenty three years uh, living in the Elm City. What do you miss the most? About what? <laughs> About not living in Elm City. <laughs> Uh, no being in MC, living in MC, like what do you miss the most because a lot, oh, lot of outdoor pools yeah.
3: outdoor outdoor swimming pools oh okay i understand your question <laughs> now but yeah uh, I got you. what i missed right. from my childhood is outdoor swimming pools um where i grew up had mm. uh every neighborhood had one and um
2: yeah.
3: it was just standard fare to walk your bike or bike and walk over to the swimming pool and hang out all day as an idiot those for children not for uh, grown adults but um and the uh, you know I found a lot of community, and I have a lot of memories that are very positive from certain establishments that are no longer here. You know, particularly, mm. I'm going to throw throw a big reference to Richter's. Um, Richter's. I'm, I'm a friend. Uh, you know, I, I I haven't seen him in a number of years, but I used to mm. be or am a friend of Richter Elser, someone I, I care about deeply, and um, you know he. His Richters eventually was owned by Dieter and and the whole crowd and you know I I'm, I love what Ordinary's done. Uh, I still miss my half yards and uh, and those mm-hmm. moments. Um, I uh, uh Co Jones was a big favorite of mine restaurant wise um, mm-hmm. back on State Street, and you know I can keep rattling off at Yankee Doodle and things like that. Yankee Doodle,
1: yes. <sighs> you know, for the first <laughs> for the first
3: I'm so lying. many years. No, it's good. Yeah. I... <laughs> I miss their uh, bacon wrapped hot dogs. I mean, that yep. nothing cures a night out like a bacon wrapped hot dog.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, you know, I, I just uh, have been here for a long time, and business business is not easy. I'll tell you that. I've tried. I've, I you know, I had my own in Florida, and I can uh, I can't imagine what it would be like to have a food service industry in business, and like that just sounds really complicated. So you know, throughout the years, Cafe Adulis comes to mind. Hot Tomatoes comes to mind. But I used to mm-hmm. have a lot of stomping grounds. Um, uh, but but then again, you know, some businesses are here still. Claire's Corner Copia yeah. never left. Yeah. You know, uh, 116 Crown has celebrated 15 years. And I remember them opening at 08 and um, really appreciate uh, their support and, uh, throughout the years. So, you know, I don't know. Any any uh, big ones that I miss The change in?
1: Um, I was going to say Cutler's. Cutler's uh, uh, Phil so Cutler. My childhood. I, I miss Cutler's walking into like the old... Whole- uh, video game, an uh, old Pac Man thing was there. I missed the cat. The cat, around. I the miss cat Phil. Bo- yeah, yes. Uh, I just
3: miss th- Phil. Phil was a great guy and taught me a yeah, lot. The whole, uh, yeah, the whole
1: staff was great, so th- yeah. that, that's just a gem for me. But, yep. um,
3: I had the privilege of working yeah. with Phil, uh, in the final five years of its existence, of Cutlers mm-hmm. on, on Broadway. Um, you know, and and I know, um, you know, properties gets a bad rap, but when a great tenant is around, they do work pretty hard at the time, yeah. you know, with Phil. They downsized them this side. They switched them to that side. They did whatever mm-hmm. they could to work with them for to stretch as long as they can. But of course, the record industry at the time was just not gonna. The CDs were just yeah. not gonna happen. Yeah. So, yeah, but I miss Phil, and he's out in Brantford. I see him every once in a while. He's a great tennis player. And he's so damn tall. Uh, <laughs> you know that freaking serve. I don't want to see what happens to it. Probably just bounces <laughs> over my head.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Yeah.
1: What do you feel has improved with? Because you've been here for 23 years. What are the great stuff you see in advance have improved here? Um, besides the parking in New Haven.
2: Yeah. Besides the parking. Besides, you know, you gash yourself up, you're like, I believe the parking's amazing now. (laughs) Yes.
3: No. 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 I. Well, and I do. I do. Um, take a lot of pride in the work I've helped with the team of the city of New Haven over the years on on bike infrastructure and and bus infrastructure and things like that. But, you know, a lot a lot still remains to be built there and. So one of the things that I I am I miss and and I love uh, and I, I really appreciate is the interconnectivity of New Haven. I think, you know, Tweed having connections again to um, having flights is a big deal for Avello. I know it's a, mm-hmm. a constant uh, thorn in the side of so many residents on the East Shore, Branford, Guilford, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't envy what they're going through. I you know I I did move here in two thousand and I did used to take. Comair direct from Cincinnati, actually, uh, occasionally, mm. you know, um, and that was a flight, you know, we used to have United to Chicago in the 90s. Mm. We had even, I think, even more in than we have now. And I'm, I'm excited because, you know, to grow the region, we need to get, you know, for me personally, I've experienced this and work a number of times, I don't know if you guys have guys experienced this, like, getting home to New Haven is really hard. Um, yeah. it is very interconnected, but it takes mm-hmm. that extra connection and the interconnectedness. Um, yeah. and so having direct flights to Chicago has been a game changer for my life. Uh visiting my parent, my family in um uh Sarasota has been a game changer in, in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and you know, so when I moved here, there was Comair, Direct Service plus Edge United, all these other things in the late 90s, early aughts. And then we went down just to US Air, and US Air got bought by America, and then we just had four flights a day and then it was three flights a day and then it was two flights a day everything to philadelphia and and you know i had like a rule in my family which was uh my partner and i would always have this rule which is like you're not allowed to take the last flight home from philadelphia you're not allowed to schedule it it never runs it's like a 50% wow. cancellation so like just don't do it but now with the avello jets everything's so much um more consistent and it's still issues of course with flooding and with um you know where they go i'd rather go more places in Florida. So hoping for a new airport one day, new, new, uh, new lines there, and, and even more connectivity. Yeah.
2: Well, see, this, this is interesting because it, it's such an um, amazing kind of topic that we can kind of jump into. And we sit a little bit on both sides of this topic because, you know, we totally understand that development is important. These new jobs are going to be important. They are investing in the area and different things like that. Um, but we are losing things as well. You know, you know, for some people like that live or, live in, in those areas, they're losing some quality airspace or, you yeah. know, they're kept yeah. up. I mean, you Definitely. moved in across from an airport. 35 years ago, homie, like you thought it was going to get better. I, you know what I mean? But uh, it's whatever, whatever. You made your choices. Yeah. You're entitled to feel how you feel. I can't tell another person that their feelings are invalid. That is not for me. But me personally, like I just took a huge and us as a city. Took a huge hit in the heart because of development. Because of, of development and because people trying to move forward, you know, the only multicultural venue we really had closed. Um, there's a lot of people that are hurting right now. What um, are we thinking about? Statehouse? Uh, statehouse, because of my home, sir. Yeah. We call it home. We call it home. All right. It's so not talking bad about the statehouse will cry. But. You know yeah. what can you say from the other side is going to be some of the things that are going to add niceness to sure. this bitter pill we have to swallow, and it is a bitter pill, and it is jagged, and it gives me acid reflux, and I don't like it, but I'm swallowing it because I have faith in y'all. So I'm gonna let you tell everybody else why they should believe in you.
3: Yeah, well, and I'm you know I'm not um, I'm not asking anybody for blind faith. I've been spending a lot of time here and, and working. Uh, very hard on behalf of uh, you know quality of life of residents and trying to improve government service delivery. Is, and from my perspective and what I can do, and you know, I think that um, right now we're seeing this massive investment in New Haven, and it's um, it's a double-edged sword. It's a bitter, bitter, bitter pill to swallow. Sometimes you know we do see the Coliseum site development right so finally 15 years after we blew it up it's starting to not become a not be a parking lot any longer um you know we we lost the arena and we got the fbi building we also lost the farmington canal line when we did that you know there's there's a lot of trade-offs um you know i worked for mike pescatelli for a long time and he used to constantly not constantly but you know frequently remind his team that um you know God forbid uh, we're around in 50 years for the future to judge us, because you know um, not every decision is going to look great with history. Even the, but you've got to be you've got to be able to do things. Um, You have to be able to improve with a plan forward, uh, and then check off on the plan so that everyone can have a uh, at least a knowledge or an agreement about where we're going. I think the planning process is is critical to know. How best to avoid some of those pitfalls we've had in the past? You know, not talking about state house, but even going back to urban renewal. You know, one mm-hmm. of my favorite books. I don't know if we recommend books on this show, but uh, we recommend it's, everything. <laughs> it's called. I mean, Root we're
2: on Audible, of course we recommend books.
3: <laughs> it's called um, Root Shock uh, by Mindy Thompson Fillmore, and uh, Full of Love, excuse me. Um, and uh, you know, it talks about what happens to neighborhoods when a certain a tipping point of redevelopment happens and once so many properties are cleared that tipping point takes over and you know it's really hard to stop the spread of malaise and sort of a, the bad vibes of neighborhoods cuz like neighborhoods grow organically and when you just rip them apart at the seams you can't hope that they survive organically you have to put a bunch of injections of other things in there. So if we do economic development via just like massive projects all the time, you know, you're going to have to like keep pumping things in to do programming behind it. If you let stuff just grow organically, you know, you get this, you know, plentiful and like bountiful cornucopia of offerings that entrepreneurs like Slate Ballard and other people can take uh, minor risks instead of major risks. uh, And we can actually go from like a you know, in, in the property world, you think about going from like a one story to a three story to a six story to a, you know, a larger, you know, you, you know, slowly over time, things aggregate and you can kind of build the capital and and build the business business and the growth behind it. But I think, you know, for a lot for the we've been suffering so much in this town since the mm-hmm. 1950s and 60s since we were the uh, largest recipient of government per capita spend um, on urban renewal. And, you know, it's been taking a long time to heal those scars. And I don't think, I don't think we've nearly done it. Um, and we're making new ones as we, as we try and repair the old ones. Mm-hmm. I
2: thought you were gonna say no, something, it, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely. And, and definitely, not, I, not I, first of all, I really appreciate the the candor there mm-hmm. because, you know, Obviously they warned you that I asked weird questions and that's fine. <laughs> Darn it. The guest well, has done the research. Boom. Well, let
3: um, me, I'll just say like, um, you know, uh, we still have like a, a third of downtown whose mm-hmm. wastewater goes into the Harbor when it mm-hmm. rains a lot. Yeah. And like, so we have a lot more work to do until mm-hmm. we don't have combined sewer overflow systems. And we can actually during a rainy day, go walk on the beach or go walk down by Long Wharf without smelling yesterday's poop. You know, it's like these mm-hmm. are. I, I think that's FCC compliant. Yeah, yeah, like, yes. that's, <laughs> yes that's it like we yes uh,
2: yes uh, could go yeah. with poopy as well. It's <laughs> fine. These, these are the
3: these these are the uh, these are the basic things that we still have to accomplish here in New Haven, or like in America, and like to think that we're fully developed is really to kind of really underappreciate just how developed we were in 1935, 1945, before all of this urban renewal stuff happened. We had not See, a square foot of development available in downtown at that point.
2: This is this is what I really this is why I, I feel like conversations like this should happen more often because we are learning more about the big picture itself. And it's one of the things I mean, any type of administration you can hold accountable or whatever. But what I really enjoy about the uh, Elliker's administration is several times this man has come out on air and been like we messed up we're trying to do the best we can the world is changing super rapidly and we were on the wrong side of that and i find that 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 is something that needs to happen more and more and more throughout this entire interview you have stated you know you made some decisions you made some bad ones you're trying to do the right thing this time you're trying to evolve that is something big i feel like if more people like i don't know If there is an incident where there is lethal force used, where it shouldn't be used, if, you know, the the precincts were like, hey, we're human, we made a mistake, we're going to try to be better tomorrow, we would get a lot further Hmm. than, as per regulation, we were in the 724967, and this was absolutely fine because it was justified under the 626, like, it's okay to be wrong, and it's okay to know that the the level like it's okay for children to know that parents can be wrong it's That's okay right. for children to know the teachers can be wrong it's okay for us to know that our government can make wrong mis- choices because we're human we are so and it's okay and-
1: to be on wnhhlp oh, 103.5 6. fm new haven myself prestige and my partner in crime long island rays L city made ez blues is in the building doug Aslaughton is with us on um, behind the back. I got it right. Thank God.
2: Go ahead. Easy. Yeah, you nailed it, bro. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but no, it, you know, we are so flawed as a species, we had to invent an eraser. And I think we've gotten so far away from that. You know, yeah. we, we chase down this, this ideal of perfection, whether it be through <laughs> Photoshop, whether it be through Instagram filters, whether it be through my TikTok channel. You know, you, you, you sit there and you're constantly moving forward, but we forget. Um, this is something that I really do appreciate about this administration and something really super learning and appreciating about you. Was this something that was ground in you in the small town, Mm. you know, with, with the out, with the outdoor pooping or Uh, (laughs) like, you know, something about, uh,
3: you know, I think something about the science education. I was, you know, as a kid, um, really was hammered into me to have a hypothesis and test it. And, um, You know, I worked on HPV vaccinations. I worked on cancer drug research and I was a pipetter. Like, let me, let me be very clear about how much I did here. People told me what to do and I did it. And I tried my darndest to do it right. Um, But like, you know, but we were, you know, I worked for three years to maybe find out that conduct disorder may be on the 17th chromosome, maybe. And further studies will narrow that down and narrow that down and build on the work and build on the work. So I think something about the scientific method really does help me at least get over my fear of being wrong. And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think the fear of being wrong is a good one. It's one of those, you know, ingrained fears that we have as humans to like, you know, survive. And uh, if we accidentally step over this cliff, if we're wrong, we're going to die off that cliff. So there are certain decisions when wrong are big decisions that end our lives. And, and I do think that, Our fight or flight mentality, you know, those reactions come out during our wrongness, and I think it's really. Uh, important for leaders to really step up and embrace the fact that we all make mistakes. We're all human. We're all fallible. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm a boss doesn't mean that I'm not wrong from time to absolutely, time. Absolutely. And the goal being asking a lot of questions up ahead of uh, being ahead of the decision, having the right inputs, making sure you hear. Remember that, um, remember that movie Minority Report, making sure you hear those minority reports, the people that are mm-hmm. against the idea, making sure you have the atmosphere at work to actually pose bad ideas, to to pose good ideas and have them flourish and to have bad ideas sink after being welcomed um and all of this is really hard but but to your point easy blues you know we're evolving as a species we're not you know we're not far from caves in fact, mm-hmm. people were living in caves in the 1950s in in southern italy and people had to like tell them not to because we have other places to live but you know we're, we're not we're not that far removed from cavemen cave women days and mm-hmm. um to think that we are is one of those great um uh the achilles heel or like uh you know one of those great um oxymorons of the human condition. i think that we're so amazing because we've been to the moon mm-hmm. but we can't take care of our poor and helpless yeah right so we got a lot of work to do
2: as a species no, I, and and I think and I think that's absolutely incredible, and and I love the fact that we got a government official to kind of admit that. Let's be real. <laughs> let's just say this might be some of the best moments in radio of all time. <laughs> um, Tulip <two-lit laughs> surprise goes to Prestige because I forgot to show up. I'll show up about 50 minutes later um,
3: and slink in and not be recognized. Yeah,
2: no, the chair shall again? not
3: recognize.
2: I'm I'm kicking the door in. I'm you know I'm singing Feliz Navidad in the middle of of July because I can. Yeah. Um, no, but this is it's, it's so super, super important. And, and government actually does work its best when you have two points of view, being able to have a civil debate and finding out what's going to be the best medium ground. Yeah. We are so polarized right now as a mass media um, world and really a nation that that almost seems impossible. How are you guys able to, because, you know, you're dealing with people who don't necessarily believe what you believe. You know, I've I've had conversations with people who've run um, that, you know, don't believe in truth or words. Um, You know, how are you able to maintain and and kind of bridge that gap? How are you able to give that olive branch? Because some of them, I don't even necessarily want to talk to, because I don't know if they can speak, you know, like, I don't know, words.
3: I'll tell you that uh, running the the New Haven Parking Authority has been a, a, a true joy in my career. The team we have is f- phenomenal. We have, you know, typically we have over sixty, you know, up to upwards of seventy percent of the people working for us that are New Haven residents. And We got a lot of longtime residents, uh, a lot of longtime employees. Just had a retirement party for someone celebrating forty-five years with the firm. Wow! Just wow. like wow, and um, you know, it it it's. Amazing to join that team full time and for the last two years, and to for you know for the my foreseeable future, you know it's part of the joy about being a public authority is mm-hmm. you know we are empowered by the people and our board of directors, our board of commissioners, mm-hmm. if um, you know five deep, great residents in New Haven, they have to be residents, um, they have to be citizens, they have to be voting electors, they call them. Um, you know we we answer to our commissioners and our commissioners represent a lot of slices of New Haven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really grounding to be accessible, to be, you know, people can find us. Um, people like, it's not as bad as it once was, but people do come up to me on the sidewalk and in the in the shopping center at the, at the restaurant and they say, hey, what's up with this? You know, it's, you can reach out and touch your parking authority. And I, I mean that in a um, non-literal way. Uh, please yeah. do not touch anybody at the New Haven parking lot. No, and, we, you. and also we will not touch you. It is uh, one of our key business uh, agreements with our customers. But uh, <laughs> so you know, but reaching out and touching people is very important. So customer feedback, taking in honest feedback from our our partners, our customers, our employees, um, and formulating that into better policy, better outcomes is what it's all about. I think, you know, uh, one of my great joys uh, in civic life, the civic slice of my life would be uh, joining boards and commissions and and serving on nonprofit boards. And um, if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, you know, you can fill out a form on the mayor's office and you can apply to be on the Board of Commission, maybe the, the Parks Commission or the Elderly Services Commission or this commission or that commission. And you can have a hand in reviewing and working on uh, better engagement plus filtering information up to the people that work at City Hall. And that's really what a board and commission-led government is all about. We're a strong mayor, strong Uh, We're a strong board strong mayor we're strong everything it's really hard to tell the type of government we have, but like our boards and commissions are there, some of them actually hire people like the health Mm -hmm. department or LCI or the the, the library, um, or the parking authority board or the housing authority board or the sewer authority board or the water authority, you know all of these things are quasi public agencies or public boards and commissions that need humans that care. and they you know one of the challenges of living in Connecticut is that we have 169 towns and um, towns and communities, and I call it the 169 problem. People think of that as a benefit. I think of it as both. It's a double edged sword. It's a bitter 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 pill to swallow. Um, because all of our government styles are so New England based, which requires like, and then also has no county system. We end up requiring you know mm-hmm. we have 169 communities. We must have like 500 volunteers per community. So we must be requiring just for government to open its doors for the boards and commissions, all of these things to be properly noticed and voted on and all of these things. We must be asking like 60,000 people to participate in in local Mm -hmm. government and and as a requirement of just having 169 communities. So part of that is hard to get 60,000 people with enough spare time to have a solid enough job where they can be out by 5 p.m you know, Mm -hmm. to have a nine to five in the first place. And so, you know, you already, you're cutting down on the number of people that can participate. Not a single service, you know, food service worker could probably participate in anything that has an evening meeting because it's right during the dinner hour. Like you can't, so like, you know, all of this stuff is not necessarily structured for maximum input. And that's something that we need to keep working on as our system. It's not a perfect democracy. I mean, you got to keep improving it. One of those ways to get more people in the decision-making process with more streamlined ways to make decisions.
2: Now, mm. see that 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 brings up an awesome question, and I think we have have some time to talk about it. Um, I think the pandemic actually helped that because mm. we moved a lot of these meetings into the Zoom aspect of it, in which you can then participate a- along those lines. Um, as you know, technology does move forward, and, and of course, we are sitting I- in the age of you know the first writers and actors strike because of AI ever in you know sixty something years. Um, how are you guys moving through? dealing with the good advancements of technology, mm. but also being responsible. Because mm. that's one thing that, that we've talked about with everything else. You know, you have to, you make your good choices, you make your bad choices as technology grows. And I think this is the perfect time to talk about those uh, red uh, red light ca- uh, cameras that we sure. have got going on. Um, right. You know, how is that evolution uh, working out and how are you being responsible with that evolution? So, you know, Prestige and I don't got to walk around City Hall with signs <laughs> being like, hey, huh? We want already, radio show back, you know what I mean? Well, like, not in this, you know I'm, I'm
1: not gonna rock around with the sign. So.
3: <laughs> I think a, 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 a lot of people in Connecticut can sleep at night at ease knowing that people much more, you know, dedicated and smarter than I am yeah. are figuring out the actual mechanisms of automated enforcement. I think you know, a lot of credit goes to um, uh, Christine Cohen and Roland Lamar, the two ch- co chairs of the transportation committee, plus. Um, you know, Senator Winfield, who's chair of our Judiciary Committee, and all of those involved in, in passing automated enforcement, I get technical and specific about it, because I've been doing volunteering days off for testifying on behalf of automated enforcement for like 15 years, ever since 2008. And, you know, to me, it's one of these things where technology is allowed in the private sector, but not the public sector, and possibly for a good reason, maybe it shouldn't be in either sector. But that's, you know putting the genie back in the bottle so hard so you know for the longest time people had a lot of concerns and, st- and they still and folks still do with privacy with etc 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 and i i totally share all of those concerns i think you know um relying on cameras is a tough public policy position to justify um, however we have found that automated enforcement has been tried and true and it's one of these things where you're ticketing a license plate. You're not necessarily yeah. ticketing a human. And mm-hmm. so there are ways to kind of balance the public uh public need of safe streets with uh the private need of not being robocoped all of the time. Yeah. Um and I think, you know, I, I commend uh what's come out of what's called the Vision Zero uh, bill, which is the automated enforcement um uh, for Connecticut this is going to be for red light cameras as well as uh, work zones and school zones now um you know this makes sense everywhere in the world it 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 works the reason it's so annoying to everyone is because they work and you mm-hmm. can't call up Doug house laden and yell at me until I fix your ticket because right damn it like why do people in Connecticut think that you can just call the director and just yell at them to fix their ticket? Like, it's like this weird, this, this weird thing in our government and our social contract. We're like, yeah, but parking tickets don't really matter. Right. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And it all has to do with this weird Connecticut, you know,
1: way about every us. city. I don't really, think yeah. that's new Haven. Seen,
2: like, I don't seen think seen that's a new Haven Haven
1: thing. I've seen that like yeah. everywhere, like they automatically think you guys will answer or everything for them and be like this yeah. superhero and save their day when yeah. you, they have to take their own accountability. So that, that that's how I yeah. see it. Well, yeah, and
2: I, 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 like I said, I've seen that in, in, the, in the TV shows, though, all the yeah. uh, police procedurals. The minute that yeah, new yeah. cop gets aboard, he's got some sort of relative that needs a ticket fixed. Um, it just seems to be <laughs> like that thing that goes through. Um, unfortunately, that thing that definitely does go through is the fact that the, the time has, has come short upon us and we need to uh, have that Apollo curtain start wrapping up but yeah. uh, Doug, I just want to say it has been so much fun. Thank you for coming on this adventure with us. I'm so glad we got to learn your origin story. Um, you are a comic book hero for New Haven right now and we love it, but <laughs> how can people reach out and 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 touch you, but not touch you? And how can people get in touch as they want to move forward? <laughs> That's
3: great. Well, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, email. I work over on George Street. I live over on Olive Street a lot of time on uh, at uh, south water street and other places in town so i'm around come find me reach out i'm on the sidewalk don't don't hesitate to stop and say hi don't ask me about parking tickets and don't ask me about parking meters <laughs> let's talk about civic engagement and about getting this the greatest small city in america to be the greatest small city in the world right let's go let's set a goal and let's work our way let's- there
1: Let's go. Woo! Thank you so much, Doug, for being a part of the program. We do appreciate you, myself, Prestige, and my partner in crime, Long Island Rays, Elm City May, EZ Blues is in the building. It's been behind the brand of on WNHH LP 103.5 FM, New Haven. Appreciate everybody. Thank you so much. Thanks, y'all. Definitely. Thank you.
0: About. Trying to figure out what it's all about. Existentialist. Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Spending time all alone, sending my songs through the phone. Dreaming of a better home, while focused on trying to hone this craft, witchcraft. I hope the brujas let this last. I don't know if the earth is. Seconds to seconds to seconds to seconds to seconds to seconds wasted. Never returned. I'm spaceship dreaming of landing home. I'm not
2: alone.
0: Even though we all die, one thing I fear is time. seconds to seconds, the seconds to seconds, the seconds to seconds.